Ahí va Bota. Pelota para Eric Gutiérrez. Cae solo. El gol. Bota gol. Welcome to a very special edition of the Colourful Kit Podcast Extra. This is my pre-season special. And today I decided rather than rambling on about what I want to talk about, I would ramble on about what you guys want me to talk about. So I hit you up for questions on Twitter and you guys responded in a massive way. I have 17 questions to get through today. So I'm going to get straight into it. Otherwise, we could be here for a while. Okay, let's go. Right, first one comes from at Garrett HR94, who asks, what team and which game of the schedule are you most excited to watch going into Jornada Uno? So perhaps would be America, the America game, because I'm really interested to see what they're like with Piojo back, with Gid Rodriguez in the midfield, with Cecilio and Dibada back to fitness. I think they're going to be really interesting to watch. But they kick off at 3am, so <laughs> instead I'm going for Pumas against Pachuca, which is a, a lovely 6 o'clock start in the UK on Sunday. And it should be a fantastic game to watch. Will he start? I don't know, but obviously Kesuke Honda has made the headlines recently with his massive move to Pachuca that came from nowhere. Pachuca of course, already have a very interesting team, particularly with Edson Pooch joining the squad this season in replacement of Chucky Lozano. Pumas also should be fairly interesting to watch. You've got Castillo back in the side, back to fitness. Uh, you've got some new additions like Maru Formica, Jofre Geron. Can he still do it? I don't know. Um, plus the defence without Dario Veron, who was clearly past his best last season. Um, but still is his departure leaves a massive hole at the back and they've decided not to well it appears anyway they've they've decided not to go out into the transfer market to replace him so you've got um either Quintana or uh, Haketh who are going to come into the side and um play in that center back role and and that could cause problems or we could see the the blossoming of a um a future top quality defender so be, it'll be interesting to see that so I'm going to go with uh, Pumas Pachuca is, is my game to watch in the first week this season uh, next one from at H Football, who asks what team will exceed expectations and surprise everyone okay yeah um, it's really tough because <laughs> I um, when, when I, I I've been sort of making possible starting lineups recently and I look at so many of them and they look pretty strong to me uh, and I'm just not sure that you never know going into a season particularly with Liga Mekis you never know which which players are going to come big which squad's going to work together and which are, which are just going to flop and not do well but one team that seem to have well they have caught my eye um, and seem to be uh, a team that could surprise people is Veracruz. So Veracruz last season did something quite remarkable, uh, quite extraordinary, which, you know, we all know how Veracruz played under Carlos Reynoso with that, their di- ultra-direct style of football. I mean, I, I will never forget the time that I saw Rodrigo Noya step up from centre-back to take a long throw from the halfway line. I mean, that was 
a fantastic indication of, of what they were all about. But I, he wasn't quite getting the results and they were really struggling to score, particularly away. I, I think they scored, I can't even remember the record, but they had some ridiculous record of, of not scoring goals away from home and not picking up any points. And they were in massive trouble in the relegation battle. So in came a guy who had been around Veracruz for a while, done, done some time, um, had, was coached previously, had been interim before, Juan Antonio Luna. And Luna, he did something remarkable, which is that he completely changed the way they played. And he went from this direct style of football, ultra direct style, and he dropped Lado Herrera and um, Vulitic and Chilitito Orozco, who were often playing up front, alongside um, Herrera in the, the direct style of play of, of Reynoso. And he put Angel Reina as a false nine up front and changed from long ball football to short passing. Midway through the season, when the team were under massive pressure about staying up in the league, it was an, a, just an unbelievable risk to take. I mean... You, the most unsensible decision I've ever seen from, from a manager, really. It, it just looked to be suicidal. But they won three of their last five games of the season and they stayed up. Incredibly, absolutely incredible. So now he's had time, he's been given the job. It's a time in the, um, in the off-season to work with his team. <laughs> I mean, he did pretty well without much time on the training ground, completely revolutionising their style, but now he's actually had time to, to work on it. They've got some pretty interesting attacking players like uh, Adrian Luna, Kekopi Alba, Alejandro Velasquez, um, Freddy Nostrosa. So there's some good players there. Giovanni Hernandez, I'd love to see him get some game time this season. Plus, they've strengthened the, the defence and I really like the potential they've got at the back with... Uh, Guido Milan, who has lots of experience in Europe, and uh, Palmera Rivas, who's come in from Tigres, who was always better than just a, a sub backup player, but being at Tigres behind Ayala, Janino, he didn't get much game time. So I think he could do very well. Um, yeah, I think Veracruz will surprise because for once they may actually entertain us and they might do a little bit better than expected. I'm not going to say they're going to go on and make Ligia, but who knows, maybe they will. Okay, Ivan Pineda, 83, on Twitter has countered Cesar's questions with um, this one. What big team will underperform, crack under pressure and shock mostly everyone? Two potential ones I've gone for. Um, Tigres and Toluca. Toluca because they have an old squad and with an old squad you never quite know when is going to be the moment that the players start to decline. I'm not saying that it will be this season. I don't know. But it could be. There's a chance that this will be the season that some of their top experienced players like uh, Talavera, Gonzalez at the back, um, like Alche, Sambuesa, Barrientos, Esquivel, those guys um, who are all the uh, so-called wrong side of 30. This could be the season that some of them start to drop and decline and they may miss out on the gear as a result. The other team I said was Tigres. Now, this may seem bizarre because obviously they've got such a good squad and they've added in Valencia. But the big question, how will they do without Guido Pizarro, who was the most pivotal player to any side's style of football? 
in my opinion. He was the ball winner. He was the main distributor. Everything went through him. And we saw in the final um, of the Clausura when Orbelin Pineda did the man-marking job on Pizarro during the first half of the first leg. It completely disrupted Tigres. They couldn't play through Pizarro and it left them short of ideas of what to do. And, and Chivas took, took the lead in that first half, which obviously turned out to be a massive part of them going on to win the Liga Mekis title. It was very, very clever from Matias Almeida. And yeah, it's going to be, it, it could be very difficult for Tigres to replace the impact of Pizarro. It could be great for them because they might start to play a little bit more direct, which as I've said in the past, could help them a lot. Uh, take a few more risks in possession rather than just playing slow, um, prioritising retention and therefore just allowing teams to sit back against them in a, in a solid um, structure. So that it could actually turn out to be good for them, but it could also cause them a lot of problems. So there's a chance that, that they'll surprise a few and struggle. Next one from at Jose 23 Moy, who asks, how are America going to do under Piojo? I think they'll do well. Uh, yeah, Piojo was fantastic at Tijuana. It didn't go right for him in Ligia, but to finish first twice, despite losing uh, Auche and Dairo Moreno midway through the season, is remarkable. It really is uh, an incredible achievement. And he did it playing some fantastic football. America have made, as I've said, a wonderful addition in Guido Rodriguez, who was just extraordinarily good last season, averaging seven tackles and interceptions per 90 minutes, winning the ball back for his side seven times, by far and away the leader in that regard in the league. Also fantastic in possession and scored five goals last season. Um, plus they've got a whole host of, of top talent in the side from Marcia Sin and um, Pablo Aguilar at, at the back to uh, Cecilio Dominguez, Renato Ibarra, Uribe Peralta, uh, a man who is often criticised, Silvio Romero, had the best efficiency in front of goal last season. So he does miss a few big chances, but people are overly harsh on him. Statistically, he is a very good finisher. Yeah, great squad, uh, proven manager. It, it all signs point to them having a very good season. But this is Liga Mekis, so who knows? But I, I, I think they'll do well. I'd be surprised if, if I would be very surprised they didn't do well. Next one from at Mariano Via IR, I think that of oh, JR. Sorry, uh, Mariano Via Junior. I guess that is. Uh, what current Liga Mekis manager or managers can you see coaching a team in Liga in La Liga or <laughs> I went straight for Liga Mekis there, didn't I? Uh, coaching a team in La Liga or the EPL and actually do well. I think there's a few that potentially could. I mean, Tuca could do very well in La Liga with his with his possession style. I think he, he could. Diego Alonso maybe. You know, he's he's done pretty well at Pachuca. I think Tuka Mohamed is often clever with his pragmatic approach to the game. That could be effective in the Premier League. Matias Almeida has impressed me no end. I know he's been supported by a lot of funds at Chivas, which has built a strong squad, but I'm extremely impressed with him. Like I said, the, the decision to man Mark Guido Pizarro with, with Orbelin Pineda in the final was absolute genius. 
uh, he still struggles to find to find a way to score when opponents um, frustrate Chivas. But overall, I think he's a fantastic coach, and I, I think he could do well in uh, if he has a, a good squad and he's supported. I think he could do well in any league. To be honest, Torrente is an interesting one because his pressing style uh, perhaps is the reason why well it, it is the reason why Leon did so well in the Apertura after he took over it's probably also the reason why they didn't do well in, in the Clausura because they kind of got found out they were probably getting fatigued as the season went on and it's very difficult to have long term success if you're consistently having less possession because statistically the side with more possession wins the game but with more advanced pressing games in Europe with uh players having better physical capacities mainly due to the lower altitude the lower heat he could potentially do well in Europe as well uh, last one I thought about Piojo you know I'm not sure I'm not sure about Piojo whether he'd, he'd adapt well because I think he's done extremely well in Liga Mekis would he adapt well to another league all I, all I can say is if he went to the Premier League people would love him they would love uh, the excitement that he'd bring with his uh, you know, madness on the touchline and, and press conference and everything like that. Moving on, um, next one from at Rod underscore Orvananos, I believe that is. Um, who will be the first coach to be fired? Oh, the, Rodrigo's got plenty of questions. Okay, I'll start with I'll start with that then. Who will be the first coach to be fired? Tough. Um, for the first time, perhaps ever, I'm looking at the list of coaches and thinking. I'm not sure who's going to be fired first. I'm not sure who's going to be fired early on. I see quite a lot of coaches who are actually quite solidified in their jobs. Um, Yeah, it was surprisingly difficult for me to to say, but I'm going to go for um, Jimmy Lozano at Carretero, which is kind of difficult to say because he was the sub-20 coach and he won the league with the sub-20 team. And so clearly they have some faith in him. They kind of invested invested in him for the future. But, look, he did terribly last season. Really, really not well at all. Carretero finished in 15th place in the league. And to be honest, that was flattering. Um, on so many statistics, they were the worst team in the league. They ranked really low on possession. I think they... They conceded the most shots and took the least shots. I think that's right. I know they conceded the most corners and won the least amount of corners. They overachieved because they had Thiago Volpi in goal. And they went on this spell um, when Lozano took over, which was probably just that new coach impact, um, where they had a kind of boost in confidence and morale. When during his first seven games... They were averaging a goal every four shots, which is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous for a team to average that level. And it was unsustainable. And obviously, they didn't keep it up for the whole season. And remember, this was after they went four games without scoring for Vucetic. So it was ridiculous that they managed to do this. Uh, but yeah, they didn't keep it up. And they dropped way out of the uh, playoff race. I don't see them scoring four shots again this season uh, Volpe will do well as ever but they haven't really added to the squad much they've brought in three players 
a defender, Alexis Perez, who has some Colombia caps, young, so I think he could be a very good addition. So we'll see how he does. Uh, Javier Guemes could do well at defensive midfield because, you know, he was very good at Tijuana. And Erbin Trejo is a player I like a lot that they brought in from Toluca, but it's not much. And you still look at the attacking options and, I mean, they have to play, like, Pajaro Benitez, who's way past his best, or Andres Renteria, who just hasn't made it. Um, they probably won't get the best out of Yes and Candelo because no one has yet. If they do, they might do well, but I can see Caletero having a pretty poor start, a pretty poor season, to be honest, and Lozano getting the axe. Then again, uh, maybe I'm being a bit kind on, on some teams. You know, Lobos, if they go after a bad start, will probably sack their manager. Puebla, they're always two games away from sacking their manager. And Akaxa could yield the axe if Ambris gets off to a bad start. Paco Palencia is probably under quite a lot of pressure at Pumas. Gemes is under pressure at Cruz Azul. Atlas in a relegation battle, if they get off to a poor start, you can see Cruz going... Yeah, okay. There's there's quite a few teams that could sell their coaches. Morelia, Morelia, you know, they could, yeah. Um, maybe, I'm probably being a bit kind here on, on Liga Mekis management. Okay, next one from Rodrigo. Will Tigres reach another final? I'm going to say no because of Pizarro and they might underachieve, etc. Um, yeah, as I said before about Tigres. Uh, will they make one? Probably will at one point. I mean, <laughs> over the whole season, Valencia, Juniac. I'm not sure that combination is going to work. No, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Early, early prediction for champion. Um, America. I, um, like I said, I, I can't look past them right now because they, uh, the squad's so strong and Piojo back. The morale's going to be good. Really, really good, I imagine. The fans are going to be back on board. So, yeah, I, I'm going to say America is my early, early favourite to win the league. Okay, who's next? Uh, we've got one of, the, one of the good fans of the show who is at You Already Know, who asks five young or under-the-radar players you'll be looking at to see if they can take that next step in their talent and maybe get a national team call-up. I don't just mean Mexican national team either, maybe a young South American player who could get a call-up himself. Very interesting question, considering that we're heading into a World Cup year. So... You know, the World Cup for so many players is is the peak. You know, that's a dream of so many players to make it to the World Cup. And it's always interesting, the season before, because there are places up for grabs in so many different squads. And players will be doing everything they possibly can to make it into those squads. We all, always see quite a lot of transfers for, of players who aren't getting game time looking to move. That's always something that, that happens. And... Yeah, a lot of players stepping up to the plate and, and really upping their level to, to make it to make their dream happen. So on a Mexico perspective, um, what's really interesting is the right back. The right back position is wide open right now. Um, it's anyone's, um, it's up for anyone to grab. Can Aguilar come back to form and, and prove that it, it should be his? Can Chapo Sanchez win it with continuous good performances from Chiv for Chivas? Fernando Navarro, I think, is a good player for Leon. He's got a chance. Chaka Rodriguez, can he continue his form for Tigres? How will Dedos Lopez do with Pachuca? Um, 
Can Jose Medueña make a run? He's been so good for Atlas recently. There's lots of potential players. What's likely, from the looks of it, is that Osorio will play centre-back. So I don't know, maybe uh, Hugo Ayala um, might have a good season at centre-back and and get the position in Russia at right-back. Who knows? Maybe. Edson Alvarez probably will will have a great season at centre-back for America and get used as a right-back in Russia. Uh, but it's up for grabs. So, yeah, anyone anyone could take that spot. Um, also, in the Mexico perspective, the Mexican attackers, it's going to be interesting to see um, who, what sort of wild card, I guess you could say, attacker makes it into the squad. Like um, Gallardo, if he has a good season for Pumas, has a chance of being that kind of wild card attacker. Rodolfo Pizarro, maybe. Um, He's got a chance. I think um, Trophis Lopez, such a talented player. He, he's the sort of guy who could um, do it, so could, could make that step up. So, yeah, I, I know I'm not really answering the question about five players here. I'm just sort of talking about it. But I, there are more than five players who could, who could do it. So, uh, yeah, uh, I hope you're, you're happy with the answer. Um, Another one to keep an eye on, uh, the guy I love so much, I think he could thrive if uh, and the Caxer if he gets game time, and he's he's played in the central role, Dita Villalpando. Uh, he's a guy that, yeah, a most underrated Mexican player, in my opinion, right now. Uh, looking abroad, I think there's in- going to be some interesting rivalry for some spots for Chile in the attack. So you've got two guys at Cruz Azul, Martino Rodriguez, who went to the Confederations Cup, came off the bench a few times. His spot, you know, he, can he make it to the to the World Cup? He's got to have a good season. Felipe Mora, yet to have a Chile call-up, but was the top scorer in the Chilean league last season, comes to Cruz Azul with high hopes, big expectations. Can he finally be a consistent goal scorer for Cruz Azul that they've desperately needed for the past few seasons? We'll see if he does. He may win that spot, but he'll be battling for that backup striker role in the Chile squad against another new Liga Mekis addition. And that is Angelo Sagal, who has six caps for Chile now, was part of the um, Confederations Cup squad and has moved to Pachuca. Will he get in the team ahead of Franco Jara? I'm not sure, but if he does with Puch, Areta Vizcaya, Kizuka Honda, Eric Gutierrez, he's going to have quite a lot of service. So... He may, um, he may make the squad ahead of Mora. I think that's going to be a really interesting battle because you'd expect Chile next year to... If they make it, of course, there, there is a chance they may not qualify. But if they make it, you'll expect that they'll play with Sanchez and Vargas up front. But there's a, there's a backup spot to be won there. Will it be Mora? Will it be Sagal? Uh, that's, that'll be very interesting to see. I think whoever has a better season in Liga Mekis might be the one to get the nod. Moving on, we've got one from At Soccer Nerds, um, which, if you don't know, is a YouTube channel that I now am collaborating with. We're doing videos highlighting some really interesting statistics. Uh, the guy who, who runs it is amazing at editing and graphics, and, um, and I do the narration for it. So, yeah, uh, I really, really recommend you check out Soccer Nerds videos. So Sokonad says, I feel like everyone in Hashtag Liga Mekis Inc. should state their predictions on how Chris will do uh, now before they jump on the I knew it bandwagon mid-season. So 
The question is, how far will Crystal go in the Aperture 2017? All right, here we go. Come on, prediction time. I hate making predictions about Liga Messi's. I'm going to say quarterfinals. I reckon, right, Crystal for the past few seasons have been very good, except for in the two final thirds of the pitch. So last season, they were ranked third lowest in terms of efficiency in front of goal and second lowest in terms of efficiency at keeping shots out, out of their goal. And that's why they didn't do well. Apart from that, they, there's tons of statistics that show them doing really well. I mean, no side conceded fewer shots than them last season. And it's been like this for a while. They've consistently dominated matches and not uh, been clinical enough at either end to win points. I think Mora, coming in from top scorer in Chile, I have a lot of faith in him. We've seen in the past Sosa, uh, Ishmael Sosa and Nicolas Castillo coming into Liga Mekis off of being the top scorer in Chile and doing very, very well. And for that reason, I have faith in Mora. Uh, I also think that their whole attack is stronger than it was before. They've, you know, I like Angel Mena. Martin Rodriguez is a, a very... Um, exciting player and you know this guy Edgar Mendes Spanish, Spanish winger could be very good so I think all around in the attack they're probably stronger than they've been since the season they were super leader when they had like Fabian and Formica and Mariana Pavone <laughs> um, they're probably on paper they look perhaps stronger than that so yeah I, I think they're going to do better in front of goal so I think they'll make Ligia. The reason I'm saying only quarterfinals is because statistically, it's a bit of a rudimentary statistic, but looking just at efficiency of keeping shots out of goal because we don't know what type of shots they are. Um, they may be that all, well, not all of them, but a large proportion or a larger proportion in comparison to other clubs of the shots that Cruises will concede are one-on-ones perhaps because they play a high line, so teams aren't getting long shots against them. The opportunities they get are when they break through that high line and have those one-on-one opportunities. So it is a bit rudimentary to, to judge purely on that stat. Ideally, I need like an expected goal stat to judge Corona, but the fact that they were the second worst team at keeping shots out of their goal and the fact that we've observed quite a few errors from him in recent times, I think they would have been wise to replace Corona this season. Um, so the fact that they haven't means I, I'm going to say they'll only make the quarters. But if they get back into Ligia, that would be a success considering how poor their recent seasons have been. Next one from at uh, Pepelo14 who asks, what makes a youth program uh, as Pachuca good? Uh, why uh, Pumas' youth programs? Uh, why does Pumas' youth program appear to be going down when in the 90s it was considered the best? I think it comes down mo- mostly to effort. Um, so Pachuca decided that they wanted to compete at the top of the game in Mexico and they realised that they didn't have the uh, mainly the prowess, you know, the 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 name to but also kind of the funds but main, mainly the name to be able to compete with the big boys like America and Chivas and um, you know all, all the big the, the big teams in Mexico uh, they they couldn't compete for the best players 
And so they decided to go down the youth ranks. And I think eventually they realized that the U11 level was where they could bring in the top players in the country. And so they did, and they nurtured them. And uh, some of them have gone on to become fantastic players, like Lozano, of course. Uh, so that was their goal. That was their method of developing and becoming a big and successful team. And they've since been able to back that up with great additions from abroad and um, signing other young Mexican players who have been developed elsewhere, but you know, they're bringing them in to, to sort of finish off their development. So I think they've just put the effort in. They've obviously invested money into it. They've invested time. They've got in good quality coaches. They've gone out and they've scouted around. I mean, they've got now in, um, they've got some sort of partnership thing in the US um, trying to scout Mexican-Americans. So they're putting the effort in. I think Pumas, I don't want to, um, I feel like I can't talk too much about it because uh, I fear that um, Pumas English will be listening to this and I'll get something wrong because, uh, you know, he is such an expert on, on the uh, Pumas Cantera. So if you do want to learn more about the Pumas Cantera, go ask uh, Pumas English because, um, you know, the guy who runs it, Stephen, is so knowledgeable about it. It's, it's really impressive. Um, but I, I, I gather that they just sort of didn't put as much effort into it as they used to. But also, you know, as much effort as you put into it, there's, there's so much that you can't control when it comes to developing youth and teams will inevitably go through good and bad patches. Pachuca, you could say now, are perhaps coming into a weak patch. You know, they've, they've uh, lost Lozano, they've lost Rodolfo Pizarro as well. And they haven't been able to replace them yet with their own homegrown players, even though they may like to. They've, I think this has a lot to do with the fact that they're playing the Club World Cup this season and they don't want to waste the opportunity, but they've gone for experience. They've brought in Pooch uh, to replace Lozano and you know, Pizarro last season, they replaced him with Victor Guzman, who's not an attacking midfielder and was pretty useless there. Uh, so they've brought in Kazuke Honda. Massive addition, but goes against what we sort of thought about Pachuca as, as the club that they were. So, yeah, I think it's, it's effort, but also it's cyclical. Uh, teams will go through good and bad spells, and, and a lot of it's down to luck. I need to hurry up here. This is getting very long. Uh, at Gerardo underscore T32 asks, what do you think um, Tigres would be like without Pizarro? Looking at the classical, he didn't play. Mesa was kind of improvised there. Yeah, like I said, um, I've kind of answered this one before. I think they they will struggle. They will potentially struggle. I don't. I'm not going to say they will struggle. They potentially will struggle um, to dictate the play and play the same way as they have before. But it could be a positive for them because they may play more direct. So we'll see. It'll be very interesting to see. And right now, it looks like Mateus Uribe from Atletico Nacional is going to be the man to come in. So uh, we'll see how he does. Very versatile player. Will he be as good as Guido? I doubt it. But yeah, we'll find out. Uh, a couple from at Kevstar2, and this links into one from at Cycling and Soccer. Um, so, well, the first one from Kevstar is, uh, can Cholos Newcast hold up to the last two seasons? No, I, I don't think they'll do as well. Uh, I think they've got a lot of potential. We'll see what Kudet's like. I'd, you know, I don't know what he's like as a coach. Uh, but 
they've brought in some good players like Musto comes in with a great reputation Aguirre Garay is a great fullback um, Gustavo Bo could be lethal um, he's very good has been a very good striker in Argentina for a, quite a few years now so he could be interesting um, to watch what well, he will be uh, and I think he could potentially do very well but I don't see them repeating last season I don't think they're quite as strong I mean you know even though they have they seem to have, have acquired very well with, with the likes of Bo and Musto. I just don't see them being as, as influential as Guido Rodriguez and Abel Azotado, to be honest. So it's a good squad there. I, they should be in the Ligia race, although with, with the whole thing changing, you can kind of see it going horribly wrong for them. But I think they'll be in the Ligia race. I, I don't think they'll be as good uh, as last season. Definitely not. So next one from Kevster, Necaxa, Lobos or Puebla? Who's more likely to be relegated or have a bad season? And like I said, this links into the one from At Cycling and Soccer who asks, any chance Lobos Puebla survive? So Necaxa and Puebla, yeah, there's a chance they'll have a bad season. Of course, they've both um, changed their coaches, changed half their teams this season. They look pretty decent on paper, to be honest. Um, I'm very excited to see Necaxa if they play with a midfield three and two of them are Felipe Gallegos and Dita Villapando but uh, you know both teams are liable to have a bad season I don't think either will be relegated Puebla start this season 11 points clear of Veracruz which is a pretty decent gap and uh, Necaxa have um, a, a coefficient of 1.38 which yeah they need to have a horrific season to, to go down this year so uh, I think they'll both be fine in terms of relegation. Lobos, the big question of Lobos. It's going to be a struggle, really, isn't it? I mean, they've come in and they've done a Dorados slash a Leones Negros. It's been a lot of players coming in on loan, a mixture of sort of unwanted past their best um, but experienced players like Mesa Rodriguez, uh, Carlos Adrián Morales and Juan Carlos Medina. You know, who knows how they'll play. Uh, plus some, some young players on loan like Pedro Aquino, who's a Peruvian who was uh, bought by Monterrey this year. He could, he could be interesting to watch, Peruvian international. Um, Alfonso Tamay, again, it'd be interesting to see how he does. Was very impressive when at Puebla, had a very good year in the Ascenso last year. And Julian Quinones, who is um, yeah exciting Tigres prospect. So there's some exciting young guys there. They've got on loan. We'll see how they do. They do have some genuine quality, uh, like uh, the two Luises, uh, Advincula at right back and Quinones, the other Quinones, uh, who will play either left wing or up front and was superb when at Pumas. Didn't get the chance at Tigres, but um, I think will be pivotal uh, if Lobos are going to survive this season yeah even though uh, yeah like like I said they, they've they've done decent they've brought in some decent players a mixture of experience and young potential if the experienced guys can roll back the years uh, and perform like they used to be able to and the young guys can come of age uh, this year then they can stay up otherwise they're going to struggle a lot if, I think they'll particularly struggle if they get a few injuries because the squad is pretty thin. Can they stay up? Yeah, I think they've got a chance. I think particularly they've got a chance uh, because 
Veracruz go into this season with less than a 1.1 coefficient. I know I said I'm expecting them to overachieve this year, but who knows? They might not. So I think their big chance is if Veracruz have a bad season. Uh, maybe Caretero as well. There's a, there's a chance they'll have a, a really bad season. Uh, probably not Atlas, but you never know. So, yeah, I, they have a chance, but strong favourites. Strong favourites to go straight back down, I would say. It's, it's a tough task. Tough for them to stay up. All right, we are on to our final question. The final one comes from at Dab2, who asks, which team are you most excited to watch from a tactical perspective? So, yeah, this is one of the things that I'm always really excited about when I watch a new season. Uh, you know, learning about new players and learning about how each team's going to play. Because, you know, once you get kind of 10 games in, <sighs> Liga Mekis teams, until you get to the big Ligue games, don't mix it up that much. They don't change players that much. They don't change formations that much. And often you, you kind of go into matches and you're like, yeah, I know how this game's going to go. I don't know who's going to win, but I know how it's going to go. At the start of the season, I don't know that. And that's really exciting for me. So I guess I'm mainly excited to see the teams that have brought in new coaches, uh, particularly Tijuana. That'll be really interesting to see uh, with their new Argentine in charge. America, how will they play under Piojo? Will he go five at the pack? Will he go four at the pack? That's going to be interesting to see. Uh, definitely uh, Nekaxa with Ambris in, in charge. How will they play? Puebla have a new coach in charge. That will be interesting um, to see what they're going to do style-wise. Uh, and there are some interesting ones in terms of um, teams who, who have kept the same coach as last season. Tigres without Guido Pizarro. I spoke about a lot. How will they play? Leon, Torrente, will he adapt at all after such a poor clausura? Or will he stick to his guns? That'll be interesting to watch. Pumas maybe as well. Paco Palencia. We're after uh, an awful clausura where they conceded way too many goals. Will we see any sort of adaptations in the way he plays? Um, and obviously they've lost uh, a couple of pivotal players in, in their old system in Cortez and Britos. So yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see how Palencia plays this season. So, yeah, lots of ones uh, that I'm interested by tactically. If I was to pick out one in particular, I would say Tijuana, you know, new, half a new team, new coach. Um, we'll, we'll see how they play this season. Okay, guys, that is it. All 17 questions done. I think it was 17. You can count back. Uh, if you want, um, I hope I got through everyone's. Uh, I'm very, very sorry if I did miss anyone's uh, tweet. And um, thank you very much to everyone who sent in the questions, by the way. Uh, this was really, really fun to do. And like I've said before, I always enjoy when I get to talk about what you guys want me to talk about rather than just whatever pops into my head. It gives me some great ideas. And there's a lot of stuff that I've spoken about today that I wouldn't have done otherwise. If you're looking for even more comprehensive, team-specific previews for the upcoming Liga Meki season, well, you're in luck. Next week, uh, I will be uploading one per day on the Footmex Nation website where I will be doing... Uh, I've split the league into four sections and I'll be doing um, season previews in four sections for every single team. Uh, they will include... 
possible lineups and um, uh, some fan perspectives as well. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Thanks again for listening and thanks to World Football Index for hosting this podcast. Make sure you check the feed for other great soccer podcasts. I'll catch you guys very soon. Oh,